Welcome to the Wise Women Diaries podcast. This is where shame and victimhood die. I am a woman that questions everything, so this podcast is a reflection of that. Here we speak on non-mainstream perspectives, like healing our childhood wounds, learning to trust ourselves, the voice of fear versus intuition, and how children are our teachers. We discuss what it looks like to own your power as a woman and step out of the medical paradigm. That's why I am obsessed with interviewing women who trust their bodies and babies in home birth and free birth and their wild journey from maiden to mother. Ultimately, this podcast is for women who want to thrive and have inner peace, learning how to take radical responsibility for their life and shed victimhood for good. The truth is, is that I'm trying to get this episode perfect because I care so much. This is a topic I am so passionate about and I want to do it perfectly so that it is received by my audience in the way I want, but I can't control that. So I'm like really in my ego about wanting to do this perfect so that people can receive this information in the way I want it to be received, but I can't control that. So I need to just record this and let it go. So in my re-recordings, I have decided to start this with, we cannot show up as our best self, as our authentic self with our spouse or with our child if our basic needs aren't met. If we are not eating enough and if we're not eating nourishing food, because if we are not eating, we will be living from stress hormones. If we are not nourishing our body with nutrients and minerals and food, our body is running on cortisol and adrenaline and that is stress hormones. And we will be constantly dysregulated. Our nervous system can constantly feel anxiety anxiousness can feel triggered constantly it can feel like it just wants to snap at everyone that is a symptom of sometimes basic needs not being met not eating enough not eating the right food packaged junk food cannot replenish your nutrient and mineral stores in your body for you to be nourished Real food is so important. Sleep is so important. And if you have children, obviously that is a very touchy subject because you want sleep and it's hard, you know, for many reasons. But sleep, food nourishment, getting sunlight on your skin, movement, getting your feet on the ground, being in nature. These are the core tenets of basic health. And if we are not giving ourselves basic needs, we cannot show up in the way we want to show up at all. If we are an adult, we have agency and we get to choose whether we eat in a day. We get to choose what we eat in a day. We get to choose whether we go outside in the sun or if it's cloudy, you just get out in nature. We are responsible for these basic needs of ourselves. And we are responsible for giving us those things so that we can show up 
fully in the relationships we have in our life in the way we want. So if someone is complaining about being constantly anxious, dysregulated, agitated, are you eating enough? Are you eating the right foods? Are you doing healthy, mindful habits? Or are you trying to cope with stress in very unhealthy ways? Are you shoving your mouth with sugar or scrolling on your phone when you're stressed out instead of going for a walk or having a shower or listening to really calming music? This is our basic responsibility of self-agency. <laughs> basic. And it is, it is our responsibility. So I am learning about myself that I love talking about the ego, the ego mind that we all have. We are an ego mind and we are a soul. Our mind is our nervous system, our brain, and we were programmed. We were born and we once had zero programming in our mind, in our brain, in our ego. We were born as a baby and we were pure consciousness. We were pure presence. We were a blank slate. And then our parents programmed us, usually unintentionally. <laughs> and our community programmed us. And our church programmed us. Our school programmed us. Programming is you need to act this way. You need to talk this way. You need to use this certain tone when you say these certain things. This is the behavior that is socially appropriate for humans. We were born, we're 100% authentic because we had no programming yet. So this is why children are so pure. They are untainted. They are 100% authentic. They are 100% themselves. They don't know how to, haven't learned how to judge people yet. So when a two-year-old says, big man, big belly, they're just observing. That's not a judgment. They don't know how to judge yet. It is the adult's brain that thinks it's a judgment and then says, oh, no, you can't say that. And then is embarrassed by a child observing reality because an adult's brain is programmed when you say big man, big belly, you can't say that. Shut up, zip your lips. Parents' ego is programmed to feel embarrassed by a child's simple, pure, innocent, observing nature. So a child is born and they are 100% authentic. They don't try to people please. They unconditionally love and forgive the parent every single day, no matter what the parent does, no matter how the parent treats them. A child wakes up every day right there with unconditional love and forgiveness. Toddlers express emotion in such a primal way that is so confronting to adults because we have a programmed brain that says, that is not acceptable. You know, like when you're angry, you can't scream. You have to learn to be passive aggressive like me. You have to learn how to give people the silent treatment. So eventually the child learns that you have to silence what you feel because you can't make someone else 
your parent feel a certain way. This is programming. And then we all, we don't all. I always say, I always, I talk in absolutes. I say all, always, no one, everything. And you just have to disregard it because it's not true. I just have this knee-jerk reaction to talk in absolutes. Most of us were raised in homes where we had to learn conditional love because we were born and we automatically lived in unconditional love. We didn't hold grudges when we were two years old against our parents for yelling at us. We just easily love and forgive them. But then eventually we learned that we are responsible for other people's feelings, their sensations in their body. So that's how we lose our authentic self. We lose our authenticity because we learned that, oh, when I, when I felt this, this authentic emotion of anger, it was silenced. A very common storyline of parenthood that happens in this society is that adults choose to have a child for more fulfillment, more love, more happiness. And eventually there becomes a day in parenthood when that parent, the parent's ego, is a victim to the child. They blame the child for their lack of peace, for the lack of happiness, because the parent put that burden unconsciously, unintentionally onto the child. Most parents unintentionally burden a child with, you know, I have this unmet need from my past of not feeling fulfilled or satisfied or I was never heard or seen in my whole life for who I am so I project that onto my child now and they need to fulfill my emotional need of feeling loved and if they are acting unloving I need to punish them because they need to fulfill my need of being loved they can't be unloving they have to be loving towards me because they're here to fill my emotional needs, my unmet needs from my past. I project that onto my child and burden them with my unmet emotional needs. And a child will never meet your emotional needs because children aren't here to fulfill an adult's needs. A child is here to be themselves. A child is here to be authentically themselves. They're here to just live life, find joy every day. We were once a child and those burdens were placed on us. The burden of needing to make our parents happy at all costs rested on us at one time, most of us. Most of us were raised in this way that it was our job to make our parents feel a certain way. It was our job to make our parents feel respected, proud, heard. But it was never our job. And that is the burden that we have carried and felt. But when we reflect on it and when we're honest with it, we never wanted that job. It was never fair. It should never have been placed on us. But that burden is placed on children by unconscious adults. 
unaware adults that have children and they live on autopilot and they parent the way they were parented. And the way they were parented was, child, you are here to make me feel proud and respected and loved and heard. So if a child doesn't listen to you all day, it triggers your wound, your unmet need of not being heard. So most people go into parenthood saying, oh, I need this for my happiness and fulfillment. But then the day comes where the child is too loud, too whiny, too messy, does not listen to you. And the parent's ego is now a victim to the child. And the child is now the perpetrator to the parent. Every day, every hour, you're too loud, too messy, too this, too that, right? We think a child is here to fulfill our emotional needs because the only model of a relationship we basically have been modeled is transactional, conditional love. You need to make me feel a certain way. Most of us were raised in homes of transactional relationships, conditional love. You need to make me happy. You need to make me proud. You need to change your behavior to make me feel a certain way. So if I feel crappy, it's your fault. Blame, victimhood. This is the model of relationship most of us were modeled and shown and we perpetuate it in our daily life, in our current relationships, but especially the intimate relationships of husband, wife, spouses, partners, and parent-child. The way we were modeled with relationships typically is if I feel so mad or crappy, it's someone else's fault, not mine, because not many of us were shown how to take personal responsibility. Most of us weren't shown that because we were parented by people completely in their programmed ego. If you live on autopilot, if you parent on autopilot, by just doing things and saying things without even thinking about it, without having any intention, it is parenting on autopilot from your ego. And the ego, our mind, loves blame. It hates taking responsibility. It doesn't want to see how it needs to change its own behavior. No, it wants to blame the innocent little being in the room, which is the child, and say, hey, you are the cause for my stress and anger. You need to change your behavior. And I'll just sit here taking no accountability and no responsibility. It's easy to blame. So the idea of conscious parenting is being so present and aware with how you are acting every day, every hour, every minute. What, what are you saying? Why are you saying that? Are you saying something just because your parents said it? For example, if a child falls down, we are programmed to say, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay. Dismissing a child if they're crying. 
we are programmed to say certain things, act a certain way. And a conscious human is aware of the programming and chooses not to act according to that programming. And that's, it's not going to be a perfect pursuit, right? It's not going to be perfect because our ego wants to blame people every day for our life, for this, for that. Our ego wants to be a victim every day. I think most parents would say, I unconditionally love my child. But I would press someone that says that and press them to ask them if their action daily, hourly, actually lines up with that statement. Because what we humans do often is we say something, because it's very easy to say something like, I trust God. But then our action actually shows the real truth, the shadow truth, the truth we're not willing to face. So if we say we trust God, but then spend the whole day worrying in fear about the thing we're trying to trust God about, our worry, that's an action, our ruminating thoughts, our constant mind, actually shows the truth that we don't trust God, like we say we do. So can we be honest with ourselves? Hmm, my constant worry shows that I don't trust God. So a parent that says they unconditionally love their child, yet when their child is having a really big emotion, they're very angry, they're having a tantrum, and the parent silent treatments them, withholds love, shames them, yells them at them, punishes them, that is not unconditional love. That is a form of manipulation. It's saying, I am going to stonewall you so that you act different. That's manipulation. I am going to shame you so you act different. That's manipulation. Common parenting tactics are manipulation. Most of us were raised with manipulation. The definition of emotional abuse is using fear, intimidation, and humiliation to control a human. To me, that is common parenting tactics. Using intimidation to control a child. That is the definition of emotional abuse. So if it's not acceptable in adult relationships, why are we accepting it for a parent-child dynamic that is supposedly rooted in unconditional love? It's not. Because most parents chose to have a child for selfish reasons for the child to fulfill them, to fulfill their emotional needs. And, and the minute a, a child is not fulfilling a parent's emotional needs is when the manipulation typically comes in. The shaming, the silent treatment, trying to intimidate the child to control them, to change their behavior. That is not unconditional love. That is conditional love. That is manipulation. And according to emotional abuse definition, it's emotional abuse. These are the facts that I think parents need to face in themselves and be honest 
and have empathy and compassion with yourself because you were most likely raised in a home with manipulation and emotional abuse and conditional love. And doing this work means we are trying to override the knee-jerk reaction of doing that behavior to our own kids. And we are trying to show up in a different way. We are trying to rewire our brain from the way we were programmed to a new way. This is deep, amazing work parents are doing. Conscious parents are trying to show up in a way that they needed when they were a child. They are trying to parent from this place of being the person that they needed when they were little. You didn't need someone shaming you. You didn't need a parent punishing you, shaming you, yelling at you. You need a parent to show up with empathy and compassion and understanding that, oh, I know it's so hard learning how to be a human and trying to learn all these socially acceptable ways to speak and act and talk and behave and it takes years. So if we are parenting from our programmed mind, from our ego, this is usually where all the power struggles of parent-child dynamics reside because the ego is obsessed with power and control and domination. That's what it wants. But if you are conscious, if you are present and aware and not parenting from that program mind and you are in your soul, who you really are, you want to be a team with your child. You want to be a true teamwork because your child's feelings are valid and your feelings are valid. Each are valid because you guys are equal. So a conscious parent will not be overly permissive of centering only the child's feelings, nor will they be in their ego only centering their feelings, the parent's feelings. It is an equal teamwork situation of compromising in some situations and teaching a child comprom compromising because we are a family unit. We care. We care about the needs of others, but we also want it balanced. It's a balanced teamwork. The biggest piece of ego parenting is that the ego views the child as an extension of the parent's ego. So how a child behaves reflects on to the parent. If a child behaves badly, a parent's ego is going to be triggered because the parent's ego feels incompetent or it's so embarrassed that it's being perceived as incompetent by other people watching. A parent's ego is so consumed that this is my child and my child has to reflect on me well. And if not, oh, this child needs to learn a lesson. So the ego also uses a child's behavior with you know, academics, schooling, sports of you need to excel to make me proud that I'm your parent. 
you need to do good at this sport or you need to do good on your report card because you need to make my ego feel proud of you. My ego has to feel good. My ego has to feel good about being your parent. So you have to excel at these things so that my ego feels great. When a parent is only fully in their programmed ego, they will blame their child for everything, for their lack of peace, for their sensations in their body, for their anger, for their stress. Because the ego loves to blame everyone for everything to escape responsibility. So a conscious parent takes responsibility for itself. A conscious parent knows it has agency. A parent that takes responsibility knows that if it constantly allows a child to dictate its own sensations in the parent's body, you are a victim and you are disempowered. You are not in your agency and you're not going to be 100% perfect with it because most of us were programmed with that enmeshment of, oh, when you're overwhelmed, now I have to feel overwhelmed and it's your fault I feel overwhelmed. A lot of us were raised and programmed that way and we're just learning how to get out of it, out of victimhood of you made me feel this way and I am responsible for my body. No one else is responsible for my body. Another attribute of the ego is that it is in constant expectation and then it's in constant disappointment because life never can live up to expectation. Children can't live up to expectation. So if we expect a two-year-old to understand that a busy road is dangerous and we tell them, don't go on the road, that is a self-induced suffering cycle because a two-year-old brain cannot comprehend danger at that stage of brain development. So a parent that sets that expectation is going to be met with disappointment. So egos constantly create expectation and then are in constant dis disappointment. And I think a lot of us can relate to that in all types of relationships, in our marriage. You know, if we expect our partner to show up on our birthday in some way, they rarely live up to the expectation. The ego creates expectations and then we're in constant disappointment and this is a game of the ego. So if let go of that ego dynamic and stop creating expectations, we can instead have hope. This is what I learned in my Yeshua book that expectation is rooted in control but hope is a light hope we can hope that our child sleeps tonight but if we expect a child to sleep tonight fully and they don't we will be so disappointed so instead of so it's in, instead having light hope instead of expectation. Another ego dynamic in parenthood, but it shows up you know, in marriage, in all types of relationships, is the ego loves to assume and judge. 
it just projects these stories about people and we just judge people based on appearances or we judge and assume things about people and that really creates sticky situations but if we are conscious we can witness those judgments we can witness a judgment but we don't hold on to it and identify with it and instead we can have a judgment and then our next thought can be compassion or empathy so when a child is having a really hard time instead of judging them as being a brat we can lean into compassion empathy and put ourselves in their shoes because being new to earth and learning all the rules of society is heavy it's a lot and a child change changes so drastically so constantly their body changes their brain changes they're in constant change young children are learning that they feel new sensations in their body every day and they don't know what to do with the sensations they feel new feelings and then they feel overwhelming feelings and two-year-olds typically feel like an overflow of an emotion and it's so new to them imagine being new to earth and at one point you felt anger, but it was so subtle. And then now you're two years old and you feel overwhelming anger in your body. It's an overwhelming sensation and you don't know how to handle it. And you look to your parent to help. And the parent is there and either the parent is like, no, you cannot do that. And you're shamed for feeling the overwhelming feeling. Or the parent has empathy and is like, oh, wow, you are feeling an overwhelming sensation of anger and you need help with that. Yet I'm your emotional coach. I'm your guide to help you deal with these sensations. Here, we can try to punch a pillow when you're so angry. You know, and sometimes we can't solve their anger for them. And that's not the point. The point is just to know that they are safe in their anger. You know, we, we don't have to rescue them from pain. You don't, we don't have to rescue them from anger. We can show them that it's safe. They can be safe in feeling anger. And it's okay. And it's a part of life because we still feel anger when we're 30, when we're 40, when we're 50. We never not feel anger. So it's about learning how to feel okay have acceptance of these overwhelming sensations and we don't have to find a band-aid to get rid of it a conscious parent is not afraid of these overwhelming sensations because they have the capacity to be with themselves with these overwhelming sensations they're not going to be perfect you know they're still learning they're literally like reparenting themselves along with their child. But if a parent is able to be with themselves when they're feeling overly stressed or overly tapped out or overly anger, they also learn how to show up for their child in those moments. And so a parent that has not done this emotional intelligence work 
or body awareness or body sensations. A parent that doesn't know how to be with their own anger, their own overwhelm, and they need to eat sugar to deal with their overwhelm, or they need to yell at everyone in the room to deal with their overwhelm, they're not going to be able to sit and support and be in presence with their child in overwhelm. So really conscious parents are able to show up for their child the way they show up for themselves. Other ego attributes are that the ego does not have faith or trust. The ego does not have any trust. The ego is in fear all of the time. And then the ego projects fear onto a child. If a child is mean to another child, it's fearful that that child is going to be mean forever. It's fearful that if a child says, I hate you, mom, that that child is going to grow up into a bad adult. (laughs) It's fearful that if a child doesn't eat in a day, that, oh my gosh, the child will never eat ever again. The ego is always in worry and fear and it projects that onto the child and it projects it into the future. If a child doesn't eat in a day, oh my gosh, they're not going to eat tomorrow and they're not going to eat the next day. It just skips ahead to the future instead of just resting in the present moment. So a conscious person rests in trust. A conscious person, a conscious parent can learn to trust their baby. They don't compare their neighbor's baby to their baby and is like, oh my gosh, my child's not hitting this milestone and what if something's wrong with my baby? That's ego stuff. That's ego complexity. But the soul knows deeply whether a baby is okay or not. The ego plays games like, oh, my child is not learning fast enough or it's not hitting certain milestones fast enough, enough, but the soul rests in trust. It, It trusts babies. It trusts that if a child really wants a sweater on because it's cold, that a child will put on a sweater A child is an instinctual human being that is primal and they have these instinctual needs that we can learn to trust versus interjecting and projecting fear constantly every day, trying to safeguard every little thing instead of trusting. Most parenting that I see in this society is rooted in fear because a parent that is deeply afraid of conflict will be the most permissive parent. A parent that tries to have some sort of boundaries with their child but cannot handle conflict, is terrified of conflict, they will be the permissive pushover parent. And their fear of conflict is what is ruling them and they don't even know it so our ego fears are often driving parenting and we don't even know it so an ego fear of 
being ordinary, say a parent is so afraid that their child is going to be ordinary, they are going to push their child to excel in something, excel in musical instruments or sports or academics, and that child cannot be ordinary because that parent probably had parents that pushed them to be extraordinary in a sport, extraordinary at school. So if a parent is so afraid of a child being ordinary, they will be triggered when a child scores a B or a C in a class. That parent will be triggered if this child wants to quit a sport really fast or wants to give up on a musical instrument or does these things and does not excel at them. A parent will push and push and push the child to excel and and keep going at it even if a child doesn't want to. So that parent is projecting their fear onto their child. A parent that has a deep fear of not being in control will be the helicopter parent. They will insert themselves in every area of their child's life and will micromanage everything and will not let their child fail, flounder, learn lessons. They will try to shield their child from that. So also a parent with the fear of unhappiness or like bad emotions, if their child is really sad or angry, the parent will try to fix their child's emotions. They won't let their child be sad because this parent is so afraid of seeing and being confronted with sadness. They only need to be consumed with happy things and the child only needs to be happy that when the child is sad, it triggers the parent. So the parent comes in and tries to save the child from the bad emotions because the parent just needs to see their child to be happy. Which brings on some this thought that some parents say, I just want my child to be happy. That's not realistic with our world. It's impossible to be happy every day. It's more realistic to set maybe an expectation or a goal that my child will have resilience through hard feelings or hard seasons. But I just want my child to be happy is a very unrealistic expectation that is setting up a adult to be disappointed because life has hard moments and really big feelings some days. We have good days, we have harder days, and that's life and life is always like that. Another ego dynamic that happens in parenthood, and it happens not in parenthood, is the ego is constantly longing for life to be different than what it is. It's in a hard season, it's having a hard moment, it's in a hard phase, and it wants life to be different than what it is. That is the trick of the ego. It says, once this season's over, once this hard phase over, once this challenge is over, life will be better. Life will be easier. Life will be more peaceful. Longing for the future, for a savior, for better feelings and more peace when really 
our responsibility and our agency is finding peace where we are, being where we are. The ego loves to be at war with our present life. It longs for life to be different than what it is. It is at war with something in our life all the time. But a conscious parent leans into the hard season and tries to accept it for what it is and then tries to change what can be changed. But if it cannot change certain things, it's surrendering and accepting. It is what it is. Can we accept it? So the ego is at war with something in our daily life all the time. And the soul is just asking us, can you just accept the hard moments? Can you accept the uncomfortable feelings? Can you accept, can you accept feeling uncomfortable? And then change what you have control over. But if we don't have control over it, can you make peace with it? Because the truth of life is that it is constantly changing. And our current season is not our forever season. But the ego makes you believe that it will never end. The, the hard season you're in will never end. So the ego does this really weird dynamic of wanting life to be different than what it is. Yet when change occurs, it resists change. The ego loves comfort and familiarity that when change comes, the ego resists change. It's very, very interesting to watch the ego want life to be different, but then once change arrives, it's uncomfortable. And it's like, ah! Another attribute to conscious parenting is looking to your child as your teacher. They are here to teach you how to be present. They are here to teach you to accept life as it is. Children aren't at war with their daily life usually. They're just trying to find joy no matter what they're given. So children are here to teach us so many things and conscious parents typically view their children as teachers because parents aren't the almighty God that are all knowing and all perfect and so good and we do everything right. You know, we know that's not who we are. And so we don't pretend that that's who we are. Another piece of conscious parenting is that we allow ourselves to be curious. Hmm, I wonder why my child is having this type of reaction today. Hmm. My child is not ready to apologize yet. I bet they will be in a little bit. I'll just watch. Curious as to why hmm, they're expressing themselves in this way today that was so different than yesterday. Hmm, what could be different? Well, you know, maybe their blood sugar is on a roller coaster. Maybe they are only eating crackers and bread and they're not getting protein. Hmm, that could be it. It's lighthearted curiosity. Because curiosity is actually an attribute that all kids have. And yes, I will say all kids have because all kids ask questions. 
why does this happen and why does that happen? They say, why, why, why? They are so infinitely curious. And a lot of us were raised in homes where at some point our curiosity was shamed. And this can happen in, in religious households when children start having thoughts and questions about religion and our parents weren't equipped to answer these questions or they were just triggered because they don't know and they need to keep up with this appearance of being all-knowing and you know all perfect that they couldn't say i don't know i don't know instead the parent shames sometimes and says you don't question you don't question our faith in the religion i was raised in me and other children were were given that phrase you don't question our faith so we learned that questioning being curious was unsafe because we were shamed for it we wish the adults just said i don't know i don't know but in this mainstream egoic way of parenting the parent has to keep up with this appearance of being the God, the all-knowing God that is perfect and does so well and so good. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an illusion because we are a child that then grows up to become an adult and we find out who our parent is. We find out who our parents are. They aren't the all-knowing God we once thought they were. And this is when some of us lose respect for our parents because we thought they were an all-knowing God. They, we thought they were perfect. And then we see them for who they really are. And this is such a great reflective point for parents on being the person that you want your child to find out that you are. And that is living in true integrity right? True integrity. That when your child grows up and becomes an adult, they don't lose respect for you. You were always just a teammate on this journey of life. 